What's the easiest choice you can make? Window instead of middle seat? Picking a vendor who sends a great gift basket? Outsourcing business tasks you hate? What about selling with Shopify? Whether you're selling a little or a lot, Shopify helps you do your thing, however you cha-ching. Shopify is the global commerce platform that helps you sell at every stage of your business. From the launch your online shop stage to the first real-life store stage, all the way to the did we just hit a million orders stage, Shopify is there to help you grow. Whether you're selling scented soap or offering outdoor outfits, Shopify helps you sell. Wherever and whatever you're selling, Shopify's got you covered. Sign up for a $1 per month trial period at shopify.com slash try. Go to shopify.com slash try now to grow your business, no matter what stage you're in. Shopify.com slash try. Welcome back to the Durst Show. I hope you're all having a meaningful uh, Memorial Day. Memorial Day is a, a very important holiday as we commemorate the soldiers, sailors, Air Force, merchant marine, civilian people who helped um, CIA intelligence, uh, who kept us free uh, and, uh, and who really, uh, really allow us to enjoy the, the blessings of, of, of liberty. Last night, uh, my wife and I went to see a play. We're, we're, in, we're in Charleston, South Carolina. That's where we're podcasting from, where my wife's family is from. And we went to see a play yesterday about the Iliad, but it was really a, a political play about how bad all wars are. And um, I didn't like it. Um, you know, there have been bad wars. Uh, there have been good wars and there have been uh, neutral wars, which everybody wish hadn't been hadn't been fought. Um, and there are wars, and this is going to be very controversial, which it would have been better if we had lost. Um, let me start with that. Uh, the worst thing that happened in the 20th century was that um, the good guys won the, sec the First World War. If the First World War hadn't been won by uh, United States, France, and, and England, it never would have given rise to Nazism and 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 the Second World War, um, it produced some terrible, terrible results and millions and millions of deaths. But you can't rewrite history. You know, when I'm down here in Charleston, I think of Fort Sumter and what would have happened had the Southern troops not fired on Union soldiers in Fort Sumter if they had just issued a declaration uh, seceding from uh, the Union. Would Lincoln have actually fired on the South? Uh, would he have declared war on the South if the South hadn't declared war on the North? Uh, would the United States now be two countries, one North and one South? What would have happened eventually to slavery? The what-if aspect of history has often fascinated me. What if the Japanese had not bombed Pearl Harbor and the United States hadn't entered the Second World War? What if um, Germany hadn't invaded uh, Russia foolishly and uh, Russia uh, had been on the side of the Nazis through the, the, the Stalin uh, pact. All these what-ifs, the contingencies of history, are, are things we, we bring to mind and remember on, on Memorial Day, because Memorial Day we think of, of individuals, uh, of young men and women who gave up their lives uh, for, our, for our freedom. Um, and sometimes it 
wasn't even an act of war. I, I was just listening to a very interesting uh, tick tock. I don't usually listen to it. I'm not even sure if it's tick tock or tick tack, but my son sent it to me. Uh, and uh, this was a story of what happened to the 56 signers of the Declaration of Independence. We all know what happened to Thomas Jefferson and Adams and Franklin and John Hancock. But we don't know what happened to the uh, 50 or so others uh, who risked treason prosecutions and execution by signing this treasonous document, uh, which essentially declared the United States unlawfully to be free of their masters uh, in England. And, and the story um, that was told uh, was a sad one. The, the vast majority of people who signed the Declaration of Independence uh, suffered greatly. Um, many were casualties of the War of Independence, either directly or uh, indirectly. Um, some had the houses destroyed, their families um, uh, captured, and imprisoned um, by the British. Uh, as a result of their signing bravely the Declaration of Independence, and so we really have to count them among those who we commemorate on, on Memorial uh, day, uh, day. They were uh, among the first uh, casualties of uh, bravery. They pledged their, their lives, their fortune, and their honors uh, to American freedom and liberation and patriotism. And, and, and we have to commend them and, and remember them. They are remembered as signers of the Declaration, but very few of them do we know what happened to them afterward. One of them was the great, 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 great grandfather of one of my closest friends, John Hart Ely, uh, who has the distinction of having uh, grand, great grandparents on both sides of his family, the Harts and the Elys, who were signatories of the Declaration of Independence. And um, um, others who, who I don't know, um, uh, I also visited, <laughs> interestingly enough, visited a cousin of mine in, in Charleston whose uh, son uh, recently married a descendant of Alexander uh, Hamilton, which my wife likes to tease me because I sometimes say, I am now the 48th cousin, 77 times removed from Alexander Hamilton through marriage. Well, um, anything that connects me to Alexander Hamilton, I'm, I'm, I'm happy uh, with. Um, Washington, uh, interestingly enough, conducted uh, the cleanest war in the history of warfare. We talk about how wars are terrible. The British did terrible things during the war. They killed civilians. Uh, they burned houses with people in them. And Washington was asked to retaliate. And he said, no, no, we're going to get independence uh, by fighting a war according to the rules of war. And uh, he didn't engage in retaliation. He didn't engage in, in the killing of non-military people Obviously, there weren't a lot of British civilians living in the colonies at the time, but there were many administrative officers, uh, judges, and um, uh, functionaries. And um, he, he never, never ordered the killing or the hostage-taking of uh, non-combatants. So uh, the world could learn a lot from uh, George Washington about how to conduct a war, even in the face of conducting a war that uh, was being fought uh, un unfairly. Um, I've had, uh, I had two uncles in the Second uh, World uh, War cousins. I lost a cousin um, in, in Israel's fight for survival, uh, an Israeli cousin who's, who, whose parents were Holocaust survivors. 
um, and um, he he died uh, during the war of attrition between Egypt and and Israel. And um, um, for me, um, every time I see a soldier, every time I see a policeman, I stop and I thank them for their service. Um, I'm a little different than the uh, woman who was elected by her class recently um, to deliver the commencement speech at a law school of the university that I attended. I went to Brooklyn College, uh, which was part of the City University of New York. I went there because it was free and my family didn't have the resources to send me to a paying college. So I went to Brooklyn College, which at the time was a great, great college. It's part of the City University, City College. And then they made the terrible mistake of establishing a law school, and they just reduced the quality of education at City University tremendously. They had one of the best colleges, City College, New York, uh, Brooklyn College, and they have probably the worst law school in the United States. You know, maybe, maybe Joe's Bait Shop uh, and, and, and law school uh, is, is lower in quality than uh, City University of New York. But City University of New York is the most dangerous uh, law school in the country and the most un-American. Um, students uh, for the last couple of years have had speakers that they elected to speak at the commencement. And uh, the two of them were among the most hateful speakers you've ever, ever heard. Uh, the speaker this year uh, was a, a woman named uh, Fatima Mohammed, who made the most virulently anti-American uh, speech you can imagine. Uh, she called on uh, universities to uh, engage essentially in revolution against the United States. She talked about our military as being fascist and our police as being fascist. That means Nazis. Um, she, of course, would be in favor of defunding the police and probably defunding um, the military. But she's a big supporter of Hamas and Hezbollah and the Palestine Liberation Organization. So she picks and chooses the armies she supports. She supports terrorist armies, but she doesn't support decent armies that comply with the rule of law. And um, she, of course, inevitably, whenever anybody's anti-American, they're also anti-Israel. It just goes together. Um, the mantra is... Uh, anti-capitalist, anti-imperialist, anti-colonialist, anti-Zionist. Um, sometimes they get a little confused. There was an event recently where uh, people were shouting, F, you fill in the rest, F the Jews, F the Jews, F the Jews. And somebody said, no, 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 stop that. You shouldn't say that. You should say F the Zionists. It's the same thing, but you can't say F the Jews. You have to say F the Zionists. And so they, they did until one of them then said and put on his post, um, F all the Jews. Um, and so that's what's going on today at uh, the City University of New York. You don't have to believe me. Listen to Professor Jeffrey Lacks, who's been a professor at the City University of New York um, since he was a student there, basically, in the 1990s. He's been there, what, for 30 years. And he quoted a group saying, that City University of New York is the most anti-Semitic uh, college, university, school in the United States today, and probably other than Iran, uh, in, in the world uh, uh, today. And uh, I would say they're also the most anti-American. Um, they hate soldiers. They hate policemen. They hate Americans. Um, they even hate the administration of the colleges and universities. Uh, in her speech, she attacked um, uh, the university administrators. 
And this is a school, the school itself, the faculty of the school took a vote and came out as a faculty in favor of boycotting everything Israeli, Israeli academics, Israeli teachers, Israeli scientists. This is the university, a publicly funded university, taking a position as a university. I'm talking about the student body. I'm talking about the faculty, which speaks for the university, taking a position in favor of uh, boycotting Israel and calling for the destruction of Israel from the river to the sea, the Palestinians will be free. No, they won't. <laughs> no, they won't. The Palestinians in Gaza aren't free. They're murdered by Hamas if they deviate at all. Are, there, are the Iranians free? Uh, no. If you're gay, you're hanged. Uh, are the Palestinians on the West Bank free? No. Uh, they have no due process, no opportunity to engage in free speech. So no, the Palestinians will not be free. Um, even if Israel were to leave, uh, they would be in much worse shape. Uh, Arabs who live in Israel have much, much more freedom than Arabs who live on the West Bank or Arabs who live in the, in the Gaza. But you wouldn't know that uh, listening to um, uh, Fatima Mohammed. And, and, and so, you know, on this Memorial Day, uh, I can't imagine anything less appropriate than having a graduation uh, in which um, America is called a systemically racist country. The law is called systemically racist. Uh, not a good word can be said about the police, about the military. Not a good word can be said about those who died making us free. Well, you're going to hear a good word here from me. Um, do I agree with every war we fought? No, I was on the lines picketing and protesting uh, the Vietnam War. I defended uh, people who went to jail for uh, refusing to submit to the draft. So I'm not a uh, United States right or wrong. I'm perfectly willing to criticize the United States, as I am perfectly willing to criticize uh, Israel. Israel today is making a terrible mistake trying to essentially weaken the Supreme Court and the judicial system. And I say so, and I've said so, and I've told it to Benjamin Netanyahu, and I've told it to other leaders of Israel. So I criticize when I think criticism is due. But I think as we celebrate Memorial Day, we do have to pause for uh, some time and uh, make it clear that whatever you feel about what wars, I mean, even when I was opposed to the Vietnam War, I was strongly in favor of those young men and women who fought um, a wrong war and who came back. I wanted to support them. I support organizations that finance and, and support uh, people, wounded warriors, and, and, and people like that. I support an organization called Home Base, uh, run by the Boston Red Sox, which deals with uh, soldiers that fought. I don't care whether the war was a just war or an unjust war. The war wasn't started by these 18-year-olds, 19-year-olds who lost a leg or lost an arm or who, who have post-traumatic stress syndrome. <clears throat> we have to support our soldiers. We have to support our policemen. That doesn't mean we have to agree with everything every policeman has ever done. No, I don't believe with, with that what happened with George Floyd was, was, was justified. Um, and I can be critical of that, but uh, uh, the vast, vast, vast majority of police are, are decent, decent people. I learned a lot uh, from the Police Athletic League, which I belonged to when I was a young kid in Brooklyn. Um, my father worked six days a week and didn't have a lot of time to teach me how to throw a baseball. Um, but the police athletic league, which is just a couple of blocks away from us at the local police station, 
um, taught kids and particularly immigrant kids who didn't have parents who uh, knew sports and things of that kind. And uh, uh, we love the police. Uh, you know, they helped our grandmothers walk across the street when they were elderly. Um, not everything every policeman has done has been right, but to talk about the police is fascist is the worst form of bigotry. And I hope nobody ever gives Fatima Mohammed a job in the legal profession. Frankly, I'm not sure that uh, uh, the law school at City University should be certified. It certainly shouldn't be funded and supported by, by state taxes. I don't think my money, I live in, in New York for part of the year and I pay taxes in New York. I don't think my money ought to go to a school that systemically hates America and calls the American military fascist and systemically is anti-Semitic. And the students cheered loudly, loudly cheered every anti-American, every anti-Semitic statement made by this disgusting, disgraceful uh, anti-American uh, woman, Fatima Mohammed. Um, she has free speech. She can speak on any street corner. She can speak... Uh, write op-ed for any newspaper, it will publish it. But the idea that the school, the City University of New York, would allow its graduation speaker to speak on behalf of the university at a time when the university itself has supported anti-American, anti-Israel, anti-Semitic uh, statements. There's something, something systemically wrong with the City University of New York Law School. And uh, I would like to see uh, hearings conducted about that and about whether or not governmentally funded, state funded um, universities have a right to take a position on issues uh, like uh, whether America is fascist, whether Israel is apartheid. Um, individual faculty members certainly do, but does the school as a whole, imagine what it does to students who are there who have a different view. I would love to discuss that someday with Professor Jeffrey Lacks. He has a different view. I wonder how he's treated there. But what about a student who's taking a course on the law, international law, and who wants to write an essay uh, on uh, Israel's uh, occupation of the West Bank as being lawful under international law? Do you think he thinks or she thinks they would be appropriately graded by a professor who belongs to a faculty which has taken a view as a faculty that Israel is a, essentially an apartheid genocidal state subject to, to boycotts, a boycott that almost every objective group has deemed to be anti-Semitic uh, in intent and in effect. And so I think we really have to look hard as we commemorate our soldiers, sailors, Air Force, and other people at um, the balancing between free speech and I'm a strong supporter of free speech and state endorsement. Uh, just imagine the shoe being on the other foot. Imagine if a city university had a platform, a program saying we support white supremacy as an institution, as a school, we support white supremacy. Would that be free speech? Would anybody tolerate uh, that? Would anybody tolerate uh, a university inviting a white supremacist as a speaker at graduation? Well, what's the difference? Uh, this woman, Fatima Mohammed, is the same as a white supremacist. She's an anti-white supremacist. Uh, she's uh, somebody who believes that 
whites, particularly Jews, um, uh, are inferior and, 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 and deserve to be condemned as a group, as a unit. Uh, and yet the school sponsored that. So I ask you again to apply the shoe on the other foot test and ask yourself if you think there's a free speech right. Would you also think there was free speech right for the school to select as its graduation speaker a white supremacist, a neo-Nazi, a person who says that blacks are racially inferior? Of course not. Uh, and if they did, everybody would walk out. Uh, but here you have students graduating, wanting to become lawyers, who are cheering this racist, this bigot, this anti-Semite, this despicable person. Uh, and the school tolerates it, and the school encourages it, and the school joins in it. Well, you know, the school has an enemy, uh, me, uh, and I'm going to do everything in my power to expose the City University of New York Law School for what it is, a hotbed of bigotry, anti-Semitism, anti-Americanism, and evil. And I would hope that law firms would listen and take into account uh, don't blame it on individual students. An individual student may disagree with that. But when you look at the law school as a whole, uh, ask yourself, would you support a law school that was dominated by white supremacists, dominated by uh, Jim Crow uh, supporters, dominated by racists? Well, that's what City University has become. And it's a disgrace to every citizen of the city of New York. It's a disgrace to every American. It's a disgrace to every person of decency. So as we recall our fallen on Memorial Day, uh, let's take a, a few questions. Um, and um, uh, the first question is an interesting one. It's why don't I support uh, Robert F. Kennedy for uh, a president? Why have I been cool about his uh, a candidacy. Uh, well, lots of reasons, but let me give you the most important one. He is a strong supporter of Roger Waters. Roger Waters, again, much like this uh, woman, uh, 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 Mohammed, uh, Fatima Mohammed, is a virulent anti-American and anti-Semite. Um, uh, you know, he uses pigs to illustrate Jews. I mean, he's an old-fashioned, overt, bigot, neo-Nazi, anti-Semite. And, and what is Robert Kennedy doing supporting him? In, in a recent tweet, he calls him a global hero. So until and unless Robert Kennedy explains, justifies, and uh, apologizes for his support of uh, Roger Waters. And it's not enough to say, well, Roger Waters likes the environment. So did Hitler. Uh, he liked dogs, he liked the environment, he liked physical activities, uh, but he was a, a Nazi mass murderer. And I don't care that uh, Roger Waters may like uh, the environment. He's a bigot, an anti-Semite, anti-American, and anybody who supports him will never get my support. So, uh, Bob, you're my friend. I've known you for a long time. I support your concerns for the environment. We've debated uh, uh, vaccines. Uh, you have a good point. I've refused to allow your argument on vaccination to be censored and refused to allow mine to go on the air. If yours is censored, we've been friends. I was a friend of your father's. I worked on your father's campaign. Um, I mourned his death, but I cannot justify or excuse uh, your support for Roger Waters. So I want to hear from you. 
Uh, okay, next question, a very interesting one, is what do I think of Joe Biden's support for the crime bill of um, uh, 1994? Remember that when Bill Clinton was president, he tried very hard to show that he understood violence, crime, victimization. And so even as a Democrat, he supported very tough measures on crime. And I wrote a piece back then saying that Bill Clinton, who's a friend of mine who I like, was worse than Richard Nixon when it came to criminal justice. Uh, he increased the use of the death penalty. He decreased the use of habeas corpus. Um, he increased sentences. The crime bill uh, that was enacted uh, by um, the um, Clinton administration with the strong support of Joe Biden is one of the greatest law enforcement disasters in American history. And I've said that. I, I've repeatedly said that. And it's wrong. And um, it's part of a negative that I have about uh, Joe Biden. But I always weigh the negatives and the positives. And that's a strong negative. Obviously, it's 25 years ago, so uh, it's a little less strong than some of the things I oppose him on now and some of the things I support him on now. But it's obviously part of part of um, the mix. Uh, the next question I got was a very interesting one, too, and it requires a little bit of uh, elaboration. As you know, I am a strong opponent of what's called natural law. I, I think it's a fake um, there's nothing natural about law. There's nothing natural about human beings. Uh, human beings are not by nature good. They're not by nature bad. Every human being is different. Uh, you can't derive from human nature uh, any kind of laws. Uh, it's the naturalistic fallacy, the difference between is and ought. And so I don't in any way support uh, natural law. Natural law was used to defend every bad thing that ever happened in the world. Uh, it was used to defend slavery. It was used to defend Nazism. It was used to defend segregation. It was used to defend everything. Natural law, natural human beings uh, are endowed with certain powers. It's, you know, God's way of communicating with human beings. I don't believe that. I think uh, law is what the process of democracy produces. Uh, I'm also not a believer in positive law. That is that if the laws on the books, it must somehow be right. There were no laws justifying what the Nazis did, and there were laws justifying um, segregation and Jim Crow and 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 concepts of racial inferiority. Um, uh, Dred Scott was law. Uh, Plessy versus Ferguson uh, was law. Um, and and today you look at abortion. You can look at both sides of abortion and say, ah, natural law, ah, positive law, ah, no. Law is a process. Law is a, a de democratic way of allowing all sides to be heard and a way of resolving disputes between people who will never agree. Uh, you know, there's an enormous difference, for example, between segregation and abortion. At the time of Brown versus Board of Education, half the country believed in segregated schools. Half the country believed that a black person shouldn't be able to marry a white person. Half the country believed it. And now, what, maybe one or two percent of the country uh, believes it? No, some probably believe it, but won't admit it. But it's no longer part of the American consensus. Everybody today says 
that uh, you cannot have this kind of segregation. We're seeing a movement by some people who are who are either black or pro uh, a black concept of uh, you know critical race theory, who are saying no, no, we want to resegregate, but we want to resegregate differently. Uh, but we want to have race determine everything. But nobody today uh, accepts Jim Crow laws. Nobody today accepts notions that uh, black people deserve less protection in the law than white people. On abortion, nothing's changed since Roe versus Wade or since the overruling of Roe versus Wade. The country is just split. The world is split. Most of Europe favors a woman's right to choose abortion. Even many of the Catholic countries in Europe, Ireland, uh, for example, now supports a woman's right to choose at most stages of the pregnancy. But in America, nothing has really changed. And that's why we need a process. And the big issue that we now face is not whether the right to life is trumps the right to choice. And nobody's going to ever resolve that. The question is, is that a state issue to be determined by state legislatures? Or is it a federal issue to be determined by the federal courts? So it's become a process issue, like almost everything else that's important is a process issue. Roe versus Wade said it's a right, and therefore it should be decided by the United States Supreme Court by seven um, men, uh, basically, uh, in, in one of the votes. Uh, and, and, and now the men, with uh, support of uh, some of the women, uh, have changed that and said, no, well, we think it should go back to the states. Now, we'll see what happens when the issue becomes the week after pill or the month after pill or even conceivably the morning after pill, which is really not an abortion pill uh, at all. But to some, it's the same because it's a it's somewhere between conception and abortion. So we'll see. But the answer will always lie in process in any in any uh, democracy. And that's why the issues are so important, whether the issue is debated here or debated in Israel or other places about what role the judiciary has. And so one of the letters says, well, I said this under natural law, there's no such thing as right. You can't determine what's right, but you can determine what's wrong. I stand by that. I wrote a whole book on that. I think there is an enormously wide consensus about what's wrong. Slavery is wrong. Genocide is wrong. Uh, many, many things like that are wrong. But what's right? Is capitalism better than socialism? I think so. Do reasonable people disagree about that? Of course. Uh, you know, there are so many things that are issues of right that we disagree about, but we can agree that things are wrong. And that's where human rights come from. Human rights come from wrongs. Read my book. It's called Rights from Wrongs. So I'm going to continue to enjoy Charleston, uh, South Carolina, and to think hard about uh, Memorial Day and uh, see you tomorrow.